Abigail, is one of your squares someone gets punched in the face? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Abby. I'm Chelsea, and this is Three to Beam Up. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 24, This Side of Paradise. Here it is, guys. The best one-liner in this episode, possibly in TOS as a whole. From Bones, pure speculation, just an educated guess. I'd say that man is alive. Classic Bones. <laughs> I don't know. Bones has a couple of good ones in this episode, I feel like. Especially but that's my goes, favorite. I mean, <laughs> like, is that the best? I don't, the- I don't know that I agree that that's the best. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of setup. Not not a ton of payout. <laughs> but he's so sarcastic. He's such a tool. I love him. <laughs> I know, but you can't really say that's the best one-liner of all time, especially in TOS, when also in this episode you have Spock, you know, the Layla saying, you know, you've never told me if you had another name, Mr. Spock. And he goes, you couldn't pronounce it because I'm sorry, <laughs> that might be the best. <laughs> but wait, but wait. And before he says it, he pauses for like five minutes. It's like Snape yes, and Harry Potter. Yes, he does. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> Guys, I didn't so realize I, I was to, just supposed like, to be writing down one-liners. <laughs> over it. I just wrote that down because I was like, oh my God, I forgot that was this episode. And it just makes me giggle because it's so Spock and also just great. <laughs> well, if you want another one, Paul, um, let's I talk do. about a sexist one. When Spock says, I've never understood the female capacity to avoid answering a direct question. Oh, the worst. (laughs) The worst. Well, so so to start, right? It starts quick again. This is another one that just starts Mm -hmm. like... It does. It gets right in. Straight from the get-go. They beam down to Omicron Percy I-8 and... uh, Mm, Omicron Percy I-3. I'm pretty sure it was Omicron Percy. It totally wasn't. <laughs> I have a Omicron no. It's Omicron Sunny Three. I have it written down like three times. <laughs> you are very incorrect. <laughs> Classic man. So well, so I asked if you guys had watched Futurama, and he said I, I've seen some. Oh yeah. The, oh yeah. Is that the Star Trek episode? No. Uh, no. Okay. Because I've seen that episode. We'll we'll talk, man. We need we need to add that one into the bag. Maybe. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, but they beam down, and in in the the like tightest formation ever, right? The landing party. Did you guys notice how little yeah. personal space that landing party has, and continues mm-hmm. to have as they walk around as a tight group? <laughs> I didn't notice that, but good to know. I didn't really notice. <laughs> They're like shoulder to shoulder, like six of them. Interesting. There were a lot of them. It's true. It seemed to be a lot for Lily. Well, and that was the other thing. It's classic Kirk, where he's like. There are terrible. They're talking about how how these like these this like chemical rays or whatever are bombarding the planet. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I couldn't remember what they were. Uh, These are bombarding the planet, and they are like deadly to humans. And Kirk's like, "So how long can I go down there for?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy, I wrote some notes on that because they. I he does. He says like. (laughs) 
something about a week. I, th- I think he says, like, well, a week would kill you effectively. And he's like, you should be fine for about six days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Well, no, <laughs> right? yeah, it's all at once. Like, you don't get progressively sicker. If it's like if, if 100 chest x-rays in a row will kill you, you can't do 99 and just walk away happy. Right. Like, but you can try. <laughs> it was so great because not was a just tipping like, point. can we risk sending people down? And Spock's like, I mean, limited exposure is probably fine, but we don't want anyone down there very long and whatever. And Kirk's like, cool, I'm taking people. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't need me. <laughs> if something goes horribly awry, like it always does. As, as long as we stay really, really close to each other, we'll be fine. It's just so, oh gosh. And then, of course, there are people, because of course there are. Layla. Um, Spock's, okay. Would you say Layla? Layla. Layla's the girl. Layla. Um, it, it shows up and she says, like, oh, Mr. Spock, hi. And he just stands there and kind of like stares at stares her. Stares off into the yeah. distance. He it's doesn't like, even does acknowledge he, it. Like, oh, he doesn't God. even say, like, oh, hello right yeah is it so hard but he's too vulcan for that he can't say hello it's too it's not vulcan to say hello like a person i don't know but also girl if you are still in love with someone that you were in love with six years ago get some therapy like (laughs) just saying wouldn't the spores like make her forget they said that the whole point of the spores i don't think they make you forget things i think they kind of it's it's kind of brainwashy. I don't think it makes you forget stuff. I think it mm. just makes you kind of go. I mean, I it's need very brainwashy. To stay but... here, and this is great. Well, and everything maybe in is that awesome. case, it's definitely a... In that case, she had thought forgotten about him, and she only remembered him when he appeared again. Mm, okay, that's a good that's a good spin on it. Spores are interesting. Well, and I so this is Spore Planet, right? This yeah. is the adventures on Spore Planet. Basically, well, yes, because the the plants colonize the planet right because they just like floated till space through space so they went that was there. i think that was the explanation they eventually came up with yeah wow. which i actually like i learned i learned originally that the spores were going to be sentient and i kind of wish that was still the case oh wait well oh. i mean are they no they're not they're plants but i read uh, thanks again memory alpha where i get all of my information about star trek Mm, it's the best it is um that originally the the, one of the original treatments for this was that the spores were sentient and at the end they were going to end up figuring out how to communicate with them and the spores were just trying to help like they weren't evil spores they were just nice spores that were like oh this radiation's bad for humans that that's not good here we'll help you not not die and cool and they didn't yeah but they didn't realize that the side effect of that was that they were you know kind of drugged permanently so once it's explained to them we're like oh yeah totally you should leave you should get out that's a good idea so i kind of like that idea but i also kind of like that they aren't sentient and it was just kind of a plant like i don't know i think both are interesting i mean the the fact that it's a non-sentient plant that it's just i mean it's kind of doing the same thing that if there were animals here it is part of that ecosystem that keeps them alive but it's also the case that there are no animals there so then it's a good question of like where did this come from if it came from space it came from another place that has Bertold radiation um and yeah it starts and to why get they landed there yeah before the people yeah if there was no so animal what i was going to say what I was going to ask is, so this is Spore Planet, 
and spores are the best or the worst? What do you guys think? Both of you should answer it on the count of three together. <laughs> All right, spores are blank. One, two, three. The best. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> I had this, I had this, I had this, a similar question, but I didn't. You guys are, you guys are hooked on spores. <laughs> hooked on spores. Kind of. I had, I had this as a kind of like a thought experiment for you guys in a similar, but not, not like spores are the best, spores are the worst. But do you think Kirk's argument about humans needing a challenge to be happy is, do you agree with that statement? Yes, and, and I mean, not in, yes, but not broadcloth, right? Okay. Um, he has a point that is, that has core truths to it. Are there some people who would be, who would be totally happy not having any challenge for the rest of their yeah, life? Yeah, I think there would And be. living on Spore Planet? <laughs> sure. Um, I might be one of those people. And like, it, I would say it's an individual difference. And the fact that Kirk wants a life that is full of challenge He's really sort of hard dictating that no one else gets to right? have a life that's different than what he wants. Yes. This, is, I, this is a flaw that Kirk has, period, I feel like. I feel like Kirk does not do well with people who choose alternate lifestyles to his. Yeah, yeah I think he very often is like, well, this is the right way to do it. And my way is the right way. So that's how we're going to do it. And everybody else is like, well, but we do it this way and it works for us. And he's like, nope, nope. We're doing it my way, because my way is I awesome. I mean, the, the, the long pull on this episode would be that, like, if he started to say, well, okay, some of you could be down here if you want, but if you're leaving the ship, you're mutinying. But, like, if we set up a, we set up an embassy here, and you go back and file paperwork, and then come to live on Spore Planet if you want, after you file the paperwork, I think that's the solution. Yeah, I, I agree with um, that completely. Like, he needs people to run the ship, and they need to have a ship next week, so that's the pressing issue. Um, right. But. Well, I thought of a similar question, Abigail, I think to your question. Um, sort of the question is, would you rather be dumb and happy or smart and sad? Yeah, and I will choose dumb and happy all the time. Because even though I am not that person in real life, I am definitely kind of more smart and sad. I, If I could be dumb and happy, I think I would choose that. <laughs> I wonder, because I look at my dog, who's extremely dumb, but also very happy. <laughs> and you guys know Chewy. And I think that, oh, he's so that maybe like that's, that's the life. Honestly, yes. I really do think ignorance is bliss in a lot of ways. I, I, I really... I don't know. I, oh. See, I think this is where it comes down to an individual difference, because I think I'd probably go smart and sad oh see it's so upsetting to me boy that's sad but but i would say you know that's a choice i think it is a choice and i think part of the reason i would i I am a very cynical person by nature as you guys know i don't do that (laughs) you know this about me i do not i am not that person and i kind of can fantasize sometimes about man if i was like just just wasn't quite as analytical as i am i would probably be happier person (laughs) and yeah if i could get some spores like that'd be cool i'd be cool with that are the spores 
I mean, let's talk about what the spores yeah, are. Yeah, because they do a pretty amazing thing, <laughs> They right? are pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. If I could get the spores to, like, fix my, like, asthma and all that stuff, like, and just... Well, yeah. they regrow, right, they're regrowing organs. Yeah, so, cool. so they give you perfect health. They regrow I, your but, organs. Okay, perfect health is a, a line in the sand, right? To say, like, you now have a very, a, a, a impervious immune system and you're going to be in perfect health is one thing. To say, oh, I had a part of my body once, and I don't <laughs> anymore, and now it's there again, right. is a whole nother well, it, few steps past it, that line in the It stand. implies that there's they're going to be immortal, right? That there's regeneration right? here, and so they're never going to die. Right? Like, the, you start to get a lot of these questions yeah. that are... You know, well, and they've does age? been there. I don't know, think they're going to age. Year. Yeah. Well, that the thing, and if they've been there like three-ish years, are do the spores make them sterile? Because there weren't any children, there weren't any infants. Oh, like, what now? You... I mean, they were setting. You could say they were setting up a colony, so that wouldn't be one of the first things. But high priority. Well, I don't know. It's one of the first things it I think It might be a of. priority, but it happens. Like. It, yeah, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> I mean, maybe I guess space I, I mean, future or whatever. But like, I mean, if you're setting up a colony, sure. But couples are definitely yeah, people who go thing. to set up a colony, and it's going to happen. And that's family planning is going to be part of setting up a colony. Oh boy, that is a good point. They only showed one female colonist. Two. Right? Yeah, there were two. I saw another oh, was one. There, there another? was Layla, and oh, I saw okay, one another. other one. Oh, in the background. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So there's at least two mitochondrial eaves. Anyway. <laughs> well, but the spores also give you, like, I mean, it is sort of drugging you, but it's to give you no wants, no needs, and then according to Spock, belonging in love, which is, like, yeah, the really yeah. sad part of this oh, episode. Oh, God. The most devastating yeah, thing in the world is the last line. That yeah. last line is so devastating. It's, oh. Speaking of another one-liner, yeah. I was happy. Oh, my God. It breaks my heart so much. Yeah, the first time in my life I was happy? That is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So did they say that these came from somewhere else and landed on this planet? Yeah, Yeah. they did say that. I could spiral down into a conversation about the ecosystem of this planet. (laughs) Let's let's not do that. Let's Um, not do that. Because there's no animals, right? No, because they killed the the animals were killed. Yeah. Well, because of the Bertolt radiation. Yeah. But then there's, they say there's no insects. Yeah. There's I no mean, that's animal. pretty cool. There's, and then it's like, well, is there any sort of microbiome? Like, any sort well, of Well, there thing? has like, to be. Does the dirt have because any sort of... Well, who are the pollinators of these flowers? Oh, good point. Well, there's no pollinators. Certainly not. Because we're only talking about microorganisms at best. So then I don't even understand insects. how there are flowers... How can there be angiosperms with no pollinators? Exactly, right? We're spinning into this spiral. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Damn it. Right? Let's get and, out and, of like, the spiral. Get out of the spiral. <laughs> if a tree... Right? If a tree falls, like, does it decay? <laughs> or do, why isn't there... Why aren't right. there just piles yeah. of... Like, every dead tree that's ever died on this planet piled up. Well, because then Spock wouldn't have a tree to climb. So, and that's important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just saying. But, yeah, a lot of ecosystem problems here. It would be more interesting if there were still animals and they were also protected by the spores. Because why not? Yeah, I didn't like, understand that. Like, I don't know why the, the humans were hmm? special about it. I don't know. Yeah, the, the animals should also be host to this. Yeah, like, they also no should be not. fine. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. That didn't make sense to me. Um, How about, I guess the spores also make you super southern if you're bones. 
Oh, can we please talk about how Bones is amazing in this episode? <laughs> you already have, but yes. All right. First of all, he's just all Bones is is an alcoholic. Let's like yeah. Let's be real about that. Let's That's be real. Very true. But I love that he's just sitting there drinking his mint julep and talking about Jim Boy, which looking like no mint julep I've ever seen in my life. But sure, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if production was just like, hey, props. We need a mint julep. And they're like, and like uh, we have some, we have some Kool Aid and ice, and like work. twenty thousand leaves. Just get a tree and put it in this <laughs> yeah. glass. We don't have mint, but we have like basil. I'll do. It's the same, right? Oh my goodness! I hope we didn't have to drink from that. I, mean, I don't think he ever actually does, so I think he no, was okay. Not. Or maybe DeForest Kelly took one sip of it, was like, "Nope, this is not a thing that's gonna happen." So. The read I was getting there, and, and, and I think it does work from uh, if that's the writing they were doing, but that, that these spores basically just um, lower inhibitions, yeah. right? That, that this exactly. is uh, right depressing inhibition in your brain, which then explains Spock's sort of take on this, explains McCoy's sort of take on this. Oh, um, yeah. I guess, yeah, it is like getting drunk. Yeah, it's it's not quite drunk. It's like, I don't know. It's some other kind of drug, though. <laughs> Oh, no, I mean, yeah, it's definitely doing other stuff, too. Yeah. But right, but... At the very least, it's doing that. I mean, I guess that's a good analogy. Yeah. Also, okay, I still don't really understand why Kirk wasn't affected. He got hit, like, three times. Oh, He did. And yeah. he's just, like, Oh, Well, and then totally he wasn't able to fight it. But best why? Best scene of the episode is where he's sitting on the bridge, <laughs> yes. looking sad, slow pan out. Slow pan. There's a flower there. Shoots him in the face. <laughs> I do actually really enjoy that scene, but I also enjoyed oh, that that was cinematography. Well, and I love that it was foreshadowed earlier because he throws it down on the ground on the bridge and yeah. he just leaves it there, oh, like so an I'm idiot. Like, yeah, like a moron because yeah. he doesn't. He does Think. not get what is going on for way too long in this episode. Nope. It takes him a real long time to get there, and it's kind I'm of I'm not annoying. saying sarcastically that's the best. That is my favorite scene of this, or or many episodes. It is <laughs> pretty great. Scene. It is pretty great, and I do really enjoy it. But yeah, that, that whole him on the bridge by himself is mm-hmm. just kind of like, it's just, it's a little sad, and it's well, just... Well, yeah, <sighs> I think, it, I mean, the main so, thing this episode is about is loneliness, right? So it's about like Kirk's loneliness and how really sure. his loneliness is only abated by having his crew members around him and like Spock's loneliness, which is only abated by these spores and like the colonists like loneliness because they're sort of abandoned, you know, and Layla's loneliness because she's abandoned by Spock. So there's all these like lonely themes. I don't know. That's a pretty good call on this one. Yeah. Huh. I don't know that it's loneliness so much as just... Uh, adherence to things other than the self. I think it's a lot more of, of kind of thinking about your duty rather than what your needs are as a person and the whole as opposed to the one. It's the, it's the needs of the many. Needs Alex, of the many. <laughs> the needs of the, of the few or the one. Um, I think Star Trek might have that uh, thought every once in a while. Hmm. You know, supporting that, Abigail, when Kirk packs his suitcase, 
I love how when he opens the suitcase, it's just like a layer of those green uniform shirts. <laughs> it's like the dress uniform. That's all he has is like six green uniform shirts. Also You're in like, the most 60s suitcase of all time. You're like, oh, that's that suitcase, what you're packing? Yeah, <laughs> well, and they couldn't have come up with like a better a, suitcase. A better, like more futury suitcase. They're like, nope, this is the peak of human achievement. The, su- <laughs> the suitcase will never get better than this. <laughs> Oh, oh, classic! It's ridiculous. So, so it's interesting. I, I'm I'm thinking back on the comment you made earlier, Abby, about the the fact that these were originally written to be sentient. Um, because it really there are a lot of questions I had about uh, these could just be spores that trigger something, right? It, it work on your brain chemistry and make you happier. Um, but it also seems like they're more like parasites that make you want to spread them. Yeah, and then form a cult because they even have right. jumpsuits. Like So, yeah. yes. <laughs> so I I sensed a clear religious metaphor there and it's oh, alluded cult. to Everywhere. Yeah, like a religious cult and it's alluded to a lot at the end when Kirk talks about how they're talking about how like it's the second time mankind has been thrown out of paradise. And Kirk talks about how maybe we weren't meant for paradise. And that being sort of an anti-religious allegory, perhaps. I mean, the planet's still there. We go back any time, right? Yeah. I I guess, but it's like they broke from it. And they chose to to leave it behind. This is another planet that they don't appear to put any beacons up around saying, please don't go here. No, they do not. Please don't go here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. But the amount of times I have the word cult written in my notes is kind of <laughs> yeah, mostly yeah. relating to the jumpsuits because they're hideous. But well, so that... also just the, I mean, all of the iconography in this is like, it's a cult. It's a super cult. You're in a cult, call your dad. Like, it's just ridiculous. And it's the, it's perfect. And he won't want to leave. There's no choice. All this, it's like okay then. Yeah, it's really sinister. Some of the things they say, especially early on when you don't really when the spores haven't been introduced yet, and you don't really know what's happening, and you're just like, okay, super cult, sweet. This will be fun. Is is there a way that the teleporter works that is trickier than I'm imagining it should be working? They're like, we just we need to get these colonists off. The Bertol rays are going to kill him for some reason. Like, I guess we have to get them all together and uh, get them in a row and then beam them up. Could they not just be like, hey, beam up everybody on the planet? Right. Well, I mean, I get getting consent first because that's important. We all know. Well, <laughs> but they don't get consent later to, to like, crush their dreams. Well, that's everything. because Kirk is Kirk and he can't deal with anyone being happy. So... <laughs> And he well, has his orders to get those people but, off the planet. They're, they're down there arguing, and he's like, I'm going to beam you up. And he's like, I don't want to get beamed up. And he's like, well, my orders say I have to, so I'm going to do that eventually. Could you not just be like, uh, I'm going to do that right now. Potentially. <laughs> 38 to beam up. But on the other hand, Kirk has a really nice pro-consent moment where, remember, after Spock comes out of it, and uh, he wants to go and talk to Layla, and... Kirk's really concerned about that, and he basically tells Bach that he shouldn't talk to her or be around her while she's still under the influence. Hmm. That's actually, like, a really nice moment, right? Like, no, this girl's drugged. Let's, first things first, let's get her spore free. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's actually a nice what? moment for him. There was also the part where, like, the spores essentially communicate the, through Spock and say, like, we came from somewhere else and all that stuff. So if the spores aren't sentient, how does Spock... Or, or was it Spock or was it the main colonist guy? I thought it was guy? the colonist. Yeah, it might be the main colonist guy. Like... There'd be no way that he knows all this backstory on the spores unless the spores are able to communicate with him. Right? Well, maybe it's part of the brain override. Who knows? Like, because it's really, mm. I mean, it's messing with them. They're forming a cult. So around these spores. <laughs> so the spores, so... After, the spores spray spores at you, but they also drop pamphlets. Yes. Is what you're yeah, saying. basically. Yeah. I would love to get a spore space pamphlet on my door. <laughs> I would read that immediately. Post haste. <laughs> Last time we talked, or maybe it wasn't last time, but the time before, I, I, I mentioned that they really made this ship feel big. I think that was the first episode. Um, and, and full of people. This time, it feels like the opposite, mm-hmm. right? That, like, how many people are actually on this ship? Because all of them beam down, and it doesn't really make a dent on this colony. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like there's, you know, between 100 and 1,000 people on there. And this does not feel like that. Yeah, yeah although like, did you guys get that? right? Uh, yeah, sure. That sounds about right for some reason. <laughs> sounds like a I'm he said a whole yeah. bunch of times. Like I'm sure he does. Blah blah blah. Lives aboard this when they're all about to die. Yeah, but I never remember. <laughs> but I do. But but opposite to that, I feel like with no one on the bridge and no one kind of moving around in the background, the Enterprise does feel very empty. It does. They do a good job of that. Yeah, that is true. It's with, so quiet and lonely. Yeah, kind of scary. Except for that one plant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's important. But Kirk's soliloquy is very nice. It's a very nice moment. Yeah, it is. It's. it's a yeah, I hope you thing. put that down for a Kirk speech, Abigail. Uh, don't worry, we'll talk about it. Excellent. So is Kirk is Kirk always immune, sometimes immune, immune, and then not immune, not immune, and then immune? So my impression is that Kirk's like Harry Potter throwing off the imperious (laughs) curse. Like, he, like, can be influenced and can, like, go under the influence of these things. But this hap- this recurs in several episodes. But he can also throw off influence by, like, the sheer magnitude of his manly willpower. Yeah, basically. I think Harry Potter is a great analogy for Kirk. Because, yeah, he, he definitely is affected for a very short amount of time in this episode. Mm-hmm. But, but not right but away, not right? right? The first away. time he gets hit. The first time mm-hmm. he gets hit does nothing. He's like, what was that dumb thing? Yeah, <laughs> that ship. was weird. <laughs> but Sulu's like, wow. <laughs> Look yeah. at all the colors. So how many how many times does Kirk get hit? Three? At least three. twice, but maybe three. But yeah, he's he is definitely throwing off the Imperius curse, for sure. Well, speaking of those flowers, can we talk about how they might be the fakest prop, the fakest looking prop ever? <laughs> well they look so out of what, place because what, what, what do you mean <laughs> classic they look totally natural and real and whatever i and mean they're just like the most plasticky like thing the cloth flowers the confetti everywhere that they <laughs> shoot out i kind of like the confetti and sp- <laughs> Also, when Spock punches in the computer screen, it's just a piece of poster board. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Oh. It's the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, speaking of... Computers are on poster But if we're going to talk about Spock 
punching in the thing. Oh my god, that scene where Kirk is snapping mm-hmm. Spock out of it is the worst. And mm-hmm. by the worst, I mean it's great. But it's um, so upsetting. Like it it's is just so upsetting. It is. I, I hate. I hate sad Spock. Sad Spock is the worst Spock. But also, can we talk about some of, again, those one-liners, which is our recurring theme? Actual (laughs) quote, you are a carcass who should be squatting in a mushroom, end quote. Yeah, I didn't get that one. (laughs) What sort of insult is that? (laughs) Not a good one. Boy, we could come up with we could come up with tons of those. Like you're a lowercase letter that belongs in a swamp. <laughs> like, like you could just do that all day. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you're a hospital looking for a bologna sandwich. <laughs> I, think, I think Paul was a writer for this episode. Um, <laughs> wow. The ghost wrote this yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. At least the insults. The insults he sent in, then they took a couple. But <laughs> No, I mean, the, yes, those were some of those insults were were weird and like they make the scene comical, and it would otherwise I don't think it's meant to be comical, but otherwise no, it's it would be such a sad scene. It is so it does break the tension at least, which I will give it that. But it is it's so upsetting. I hate sad Spock so much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like last episode where you get sad Spock, and I hate sad Spock. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I understand from a writing perspective why you would bring up Spock and not McCoy. But it's also a hard sell that Kirk makes the point of saying, I hope Spock doesn't kill me. He's like a billion times stronger than right. me. Right. When he could call up McCoy and then just punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> McCoy is clearly weaker than him. And he could have McCoy there first, and then they could both fight Spock. Yeah, but that doesn't have the poetic. Well, also, (laughs) Spock and Kirk need to have their alone time together. Exactly, right? Like, from a writing perspective, I know why they did it, but it does seem silly that he wouldn't have gotten gotten back up first, right? Yeah, because McCoy, you could have snapped him out of that real quick. Oh, yeah. You just had to spill his mint jewel up. You wouldn't have even had to punch him. (laughs) Yeah, you just... You just bring him up and be like, you're a bad doctor. <laughs> and be like, and well, the South is awful. That's yeah, basically... Yeah, you'd be like, you're the worst captain ever. Oh, I'm snapped out of this. That's basically what happens to Bones, though, is yes. the, the, colon, the head colonist is like, you can't be a doctor. And he's like, what do you mean I can't be a doctor? Punch. And he's like, wait, something's wrong. Punches him in the face. <laughs> That says so much about how, how you have to, like, super get into Spock, but Bones just tell him he can't be a doctor and everything is fixed. Yep. <laughs> if that doesn't describe oh, these Bones. characters, but I don't know But he's careful not does. to spill the mint julep when he punches him. Oh, obviously. He still needs that. <laughs> it's important. Yeah, it is the question, right? Like, how McCoy was affected at all, because he is constantly angry. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, for McCoy, it chills him out, right? Yeah, but like he's so happy. Kirk is angry frequently, and it doesn't chill him out. <laughs> he's protected by his anger, allegedly, <laughs> but McCoy is not. Even though McCoy is, I would say, ostensibly an angrier character than Kirk. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he definitely. McCoy's... I don't know that he is angrier, but his emotions are definitely closer to the surface. All of all of his emotions are on his sleeve all the time, always. Sure. Yes, he does sure. not have a filter. Any, any filter? No. <laughs> He's out there. Oh, speaking of that Kirk Spock fight, the magic of uh, high def remasters and large TVs. But I wonder if those stunt doubles ever looked like them. Uh, no, I doubt it. Hmm. 
We doubt did it. You, did you? It does not sound like you guys had as much trouble with these. I do doubles. not, but I. I didn't notice that. I. You did not notice no. that there were two like fifteen-year-old kids fighting in place <laughs> of Spock and Kirk. No, but I want to. <laughs> Go back and watch it. I it probably is will. blatant that these are not Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, all right, so here's my other thing. So we have, you know, the one woman that's on this colony, apparently. And mm-hmm. the only character trait she is given, really, mm-hmm. is I love Spock. That is all. There is nothing else. Like, even when she gets snapped out of it, she she really that's doesn't... the only thing she like, says. It's really about the only thing she says. And I'm just like... I don't understand you as a person. Like you obviously like had a life and were a. She was a botanist. Yeah, she was a botanist. Yeah, she she has like a PhD in botany. Yeah, like she obviously was interested in plants and stuff and wanted to go like on a colony and start a new world and yay, but you do not get any of that from from how she is written. No. Her only other trait, I would say, is that she's like this quiet, gentle sort of character combined with what you guys were talking about with the camera and the flute music, which all combines for one of the most like ridiculous stereotypes ever, which is that only like this quiet, gentle, very feminine character can tame a man's emotional unavailability, like (laughs) Spock has, right? But it's true. Like, that actually comes up a few times with Spock's lovers. And he gets quite a few. Like, we think oh, yeah. just Kirk Spock lovers. Pulls, man. Spock but, pulls. Yeah, he gets, he gets a couple of them. And I get it. I totally get it. Oh, I get that. I've, I've been in love with Spock since I was a child. Who would but not still? hit that? <laughs> I totally get it. However, yeah. I am Nurse Chapel. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Paul, do you agree? I mean... Spock's a handsome guy. <laughs> for for a ball. <laughs> oh, he's pulling a Kirk now, Jels. I mean, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe you guys are hopped up on spores and have to say bad things about Spock to <laughs> snap get us out of it. Yeah. Hey, I chose to be on these spores, man. This is my choice. I get to pick it. So, do these spores count as a villain? No. You don't think so? I don't I think mean, so. Because I think the, the, they're a plant, and I don't think a plant can be If they malevolent. don't have intention. Right. Mm, we run into some, like, gas clouds. That but are, are... those are usually sentient gas clouds. Like, those usually know Not what they're always. doing. Not always. But I, I would also argue that those aren't evil, because they can't be evil, because they're not sentient, and they don't make a choice to be bad. But, yeah, I guess even if we were calling these an antagonist, I don't think that they could take... Either Mitchell or uh, was it Parman? Oh yeah, uh, like either of them would just get angry at some point and be like, "Oh, I don't have those spores anymore, and now the plants are destroyed." Like, yeah, I think these are a pretty low-level antagonist. Oh yeah, I think the antagonist of the whole thing is choosing duty over pleasure, almost. Like, well, th- there's not—it's an internal struggle for this episode. It's not an ex- external force. Oof, like, it's, sure. I mean, there's an external impetus to the action, but there isn't. The real villain to defeat is the self, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe for Kirk, right? I think 
as, as a metaphor, that is what the episode's about. But from a practical standpoint, it's still the spores. Well, uh, I mean, that's another way to read it as a commentary on power, right? And what happens when basically society or order breaks down. And then the spores could really be the villain in that sense, because we're supposed to like sympathize with order imposing entities like with society and the spores are working to negate that. Well, but but are they because they're still eating and gardening and stuff and like the the head colonist whose name I will never remember. Yeah. They're at the end. He's when he snaps out of everything. He's call like, him, "We've done nothing here." And I'm like, let's "Call him Bob." Sure, Bob. Bob the colonist. Well, we've yeah, we've Bob done Evans. nothing. We've achieved nothing. And I'm like, "Dude, you have like barns and houses and stuff, and you've obviously kept yourselves fed at least. Yeah. So you haven't done yeah. nothing." I think they mean <laughs> they in a sense that... of technological progress. Well, but yeah, why but would they need? They still have a society. They, right. Yeah, right. yeah, they still have society, and they went to form a new colony to get away from technological progress. They were going well, to a or was that just the spores talking? Yeah, I was wondering if that I was, thought just that was just the spores. The spores. Oh, I didn't think so. I thought I thought it because they were taking like livestock and things like that and growing things and planting things instead of using technology. So I figured that was it was one of those colonies that was ah, like we're going back to, to the simpler it. times which is what I thought they were doing. I that's didn't how I hadn't so, thought of that. Interesting. They do make a comment about the about Bob Evans' farm that uh, he is only growing enough food to feed them and that's weird. Which it's I like, did wait. not think. Yeah, I that that also. <laughs> like, I was like, why is that weird? Are you selling to people? Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah, it's like this this bustling space. Oh, I port. interpreted it as they weren't making enough to like save for the future. Oh, that would be another yeah, it thing. Seems Maybe. like a pretty good planet, but, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. and if they're sa- saving enough to feed themselves, then I would assume that they were saving enough if there is a winter on this planet. Who knows if there is? Yeah, if you're landing on a a new planet and you get to pick the drop spot from space, you don't land in a place where there's going to be hard winters yeah that's well and right. they talk they do mention the climate and how it's pretty perfect year-round yeah it looks a lot like southern california right that's convenient <laughs> for some reason for i don't know reason. why a lot of these space places look a lot like southern california <laughs> yeah yeah it's so it's weird really weird it's so weird it's very so... strange i'm not sure about that <laughs> so many aliens speak english it's so weird that's the universal so, translator so... abigail have they established oh, yeah, right. the universal translator yes, yet, though? Absolutely. Maybe it's the spores. Oh, maybe it's totally maybe the, the spores, spores translate. They have the universal heads. translator and, and now it's they're like in a there. babel fish. <laughs> yeah, now the spores are just in there. And they got the spores the rest of their lives. Oh, so now so they're babel fish is what we've decided. They're yeah. not No. <laughs> what if what if one of the crew like did they one one of the crew members, what if they just aren't really emotional and they just hang on to the spores? They just do their day to day but with the spores. Then they're an addict, I think. But I'm okay with it. If they're oh, happy. I guess they did say uh, they said that the spores needed the bird. Oh radiation. yeah, they did. Yeah, so that they would die. Learn. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Bummer. Too bad. They need to figure out. Bones needs to get out of his little box since we have established from the last episode we watched that he's super good at chemistry. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he can figure out what the spores do. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he'll be like, oh, it's it's just this. It's just this very simple chemical. Yeah, I, I have it in my bag. That's what doing. <laughs> I've been carrying it around for weeks, years. I was wondering what that one did. When Bone says, I could throw away my shingle, do you guys know what that means? Yeah. Throw they used to hang shingle. a shingle outside of 
businesses and that i mean it's a sign okay that you was do know what that means okay because yeah. i had to look that up yeah oh, yeah i knew what it meant to hang out your shingle means you you're like open for business yeah and so yeah he's saying that he would have to close his like doctor business yeah because their health would be perfect yeah huh see i didn't know if that was a common expression or not i don't think i've ever heard that outside this it's, episode it's not common anymore but it was common and i am just a nerd who knows things but I read a lot of historical fiction. So, yeah. But it used to be much more common because that's what you would you would hang your single and your well, it's business. It's like an open sign. Yeah. Like a neon yeah, open yeah. sign, but you don't have neon, so. Interesting. Well, my final thing. The first time I saw this, which was only like a year ago, by the way, I thought there was going to be some sort of intertextuality with a F. Scott Fitzgerald book by the same name, This Out of Paradise. Oh, God, and no. There Just really because... isn't. No, there never is. This is the one thing about, like, original series is they have all these illusions that they never follow through on. (laughs) (laughs) It's always just the illusion, and that's all you need, and (laughs) and that's all they ever use. They get very close to saying the title of this episode, but not quite. I think somebody says our our own private paradise or something like that. Yeah, they do say paradise a lot. They use the word paradise a lot, but they never say this side of paradise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, most most of the episode was Jimmy Buffett lyrics, as I read. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for time for cliche bingo, you guys. Did we hit it? There's a lot of. There's th- a lot. Okay, Chelsea, do you think I we did? I think we might have uh, this time. I think we might have. There's a lot of tropes in this episode. All right, here is. Um, I have three clarifiers that we need to talk about. Mm, okay. Typical. Uh huh. Which is normal for us. All right, so. Are the away team trapped on the planet by the spores? Are they trapped there because they're drugged? So they're kind I of trapped? I think yes. I would say absolutely. I agree with Chelsea. Yeah, I think they are okay. trapped. I kind of thought they were trapped too. Even yep. if it's just kind of existential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's All exactly right. right. Is there a Kirk speech? Is that specifically yes. a speech? Or yes, I was going to argue yeah. for that, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah, 100%. Because okay. I thought, even if the soliloquy isn't like a Kirk speech, I kind of think like the end speech is a Kirk speech. Yes, yeah, very yeah. much. Okay, mm-hmm. Kirk speech counts. Um, and then um, the other one that I'm not really sure about, it kind of is a, uh, ancient Earth history referenced. They talk about the circus and the dog-faced boy when, when Kirk is being mean to Spock. They talk about being thrown out of paradise again. Adam and yep. Eve, blah, 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 blah. There is the, um, um, the have to throw away my shingle line. Is mm. that enough? I'm not sure. I think it is. No, I'm... They're referencing I would the say... Bible. But is that really, is that really kind of the spirit of the ancient Earth? Well, there, I mean, even the, the episode title the... is referencing... Like, well, but I don't, I don't count the... Well, they, oh, okay. I wouldn't count the I don't count that. Right, I think that's more of like they go to there's just you know, there are ancient Greece planet, or they go okay. to like 1930s yeah. planet. Or, I kind of feel that way um, too. Okay, that's all right. Outvoted. All right. Okay, so actually, surprisingly, we don't have bingo. What? And I I know. <laughs> I thought this episode had like a zillion cliches. I think I tricked myself when I was going into this thinking that there are a million and one cliches, there really aren't that many. Spock shows emotion, definitely. We get a Kirk speech. There's a captain's log entry. Bones is drinking. So, I mean, but that's, you know, normal. Um, 
There's a recurring actor in the same or a different role. Um, we see DeSalle before he gets space powers. Um, and they're trapped on the planet. But that's really... That's it. There are only... One, two, three, four, five, six spots besides the free space. Seven spots. There really isn't as much in this episode that's a cliche, huh. which I was shocked by, honestly. Because when I think of cliche episodes, you think a lot of the episodes that Spock shows emotion in, like go high on the list but no this yeah. actually isn't that much because i mean no one dies they're not in space enough for the ship to be in danger or the bridge to shake or all that mm-hmm. stuff scotty is not in the episode Chekhov's not in the episode oh, yeah, her is not in the episode for very long oh yeah she does just have the like the one oh little wow yeah very very briefly yeah i i mean i think it's one of those tricksy episodes that's like you think going in that there's going to be a lot because it's one of the classic episodes but right. no there really isn't that much it's an interesting one because it, it is like there's not much to it, but it's very focused. And it, maybe a lot of it is because there's so little of that extra stuff along the sidelines happening. Yeah, I think. Right? They, they don't have characters they don't need. It's just a very tight focus on these four to five characters. Yeah, it's Abigail, very... is one of your squares someone gets punched in the face? i don't think that's on here and i don't think i i don't know that that's on my list at all because you know that i I just have a we can add that one if there's a like a fight or something because Um, that happens a lot that does happen a lot we could add the we could add a fight because that would be good but yeah or or noticeable stunt doubles (laughs) (laughs) that does happen relatively frequently as well but yeah yeah one of these days you guys we're gonna get bingo and it's gonna be the best day ever I'm hoping. I'm going to be so happy. I don't know that I'll be able to not tell you guys that we didn't get bingo. It'll have to be like the trouble of tribbles or something. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be like tribbles or something that it's going to be one of the, or Spock's brain or something. It's going to be something ridiculous. That's going to be one of the (laughs) ones that gets us bingo. That's going to be one of the crazy ones. Well, speaking of those two episodes, what are we watching for (gasps) next week? What are we watching next week, you guys? Get the hat, the real live hat that you have. It's a top hat. Like, this joke is gonna gonna die eventually. It's not. It's not gonna get old. It's not. I mean, I'm picturing you reaching in, and then like a rabbit is in there too. And the rabbit hands me the piece of paper. And then the rabbit hops out. And then, then you reach back in. And the rabbit hands me the piece of paper, and that's how we that's how we find out all this stuff. I wish I that like that. True. All right. Oh, guys, we're staying in the first season. Ooh. The, mm. Episode 21, The Return of the Archons. Seeking the answer Ooh. to a century-old mystery, Kirk and crew encounter a vacantly peaceful society under a 6,000-year autocratic rule that kills all those it can't absorb. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! Oh, yeah. Landrew. Oh, oh Land- is that Landrew? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to picture what episode Land- that was. Space powers yeah, are back. We are oh, Landrew's the best. This is a fun one, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a good one. I'm looking we'll forward fun. to this one. <laughs> Return of the Archons next week. Join us in the watch. It'll be fun. 